Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 61, We Don't Believe What's on TV. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track 10 off Blurry Face. Guys, we have some movement in the fandom. Can you believe it? I can't, um, but I'm very excited. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I believe the first thing that happened was we saw these this, this red tape start showing up on all of their albums on their streaming services. Yeah, um, very mysterious. And then there was a letter from Clancy, which for those who don't know is... Um, Tyler's character in the lore that they've built, um, primarily starting with Trench, and then going into Skilled and Icy, and now into this third album. So I'm not going to like analyze the letter, because I think that makes more sense at a later time, just chronologically, but the latest thing that came out that everyone's been freaking out about and loving is the video on their social media where Tyler essentially is explaining and catching us up on the lore to date and basically because he laid it out very bluntly um, the lore is not only a culmination of Trench and Skilled and Icy but it also involves Blurry Face Um, they also threw Vessel in there and um, it very much feels like a culmination of of everything that they've written, or at least they've found ways to incorporate every album to date. But yeah, it's like a culmination, which I take to be, you know, just like culmination of conceptual albums, maybe? Hopefully not, like, the entire band. I I find it hard to believe it would be the culmination of the entire band. I mean, if it is, it is, but I find it hard to believe that it would be just because I can't see them doing anything else, and they're still fairly young, so hopefully saying fairly like young is not like offensive somehow. <laughs> I genuinely mean like they are still young, but yes. It was wild for me because I didn't expect so many ties to be made prior to Trench, um, so that was like surprising but also cool. And the biggest thing that I mentioned on my Instagram, but that I really loved about the video and everything, um, number one, like I've said, I'm pretty sure on here, as well as my social media, I would love a fantasy novel from Tyler. So (laughs) even if I never get one, this felt like the closest thing to it, hearing him narrate the lore. And it really felt like, like a recap before an episode of a new show. So that was very, like, satisfying. But the thing that I really loved is he kept saying, as Clancy, his character, he kept repeating a few sentiments. And the one that really stuck out to me is he kept saying that I am an exception. And so in the lore, the character, the world, that means one thing. But I think it's really quite poignant to map it onto reality and 
I don't know, I, again, I don't want to go into too much detail, number one, because if you haven't seen it, I want you to watch it for yourself. Um, it's on YouTube, it's on their Instagram, it's on pretty much any of their social media. But also, again, because I think it just makes more sense to talk about it chronologically instead of just jumping into the video, but yeah, I think it's cool that he repeats that I'm an exception because he really is um, in terms of mental health, in terms of suicidal ideation. Um, the lore very much for me parallels a lot of mental victory in real life and personally that's like one of if not the coolest part of being a 21 Pilots fan is we have real evidence of someone overcoming suicidal ideation and um, just coming into a very stable place so much so that they're constantly advocating and encouraging others um, more than needing their own help and is that not just like the goal of every therapist right to give you the tools you need to move forward and be successful and help other people um, and I love that Tony Pilots is very much is as much touting God as they are um, touting mental wellness and taking care of your mind and seeing the hardships through until there's victory and it feels like the new music is gonna pay a lot of homage to victory not just because of the lore wrapping up but also because of where I think Tyler and Josh are in their lives and I just think that's really cool I think even if it wasn't intentional I think it's awesome how the storylines and the concepts are kind of aligning with at least what it what appears to be their mental wellness um, compared to past decades and I just think that's really cool and really exciting and really encouraging um, and hopefully really affirming to you all as well um, as you might be at very different points in your mental wellness journey and even just accepting and navigating mental illnesses. I guess all of the current fandom excitement um, wrapped up to say to take care of yourself and to regularly check in with yourself and gauge what you need. Um, if you have the support you need or if you need more, it's important to remember that God has wired us all uniquely and in that we all need different resources and methods of support and ways that we communicate that we need support to others. So I'm very excited to see what's ahead. Um, all we know is that this coming Friday, which by the time you hear this, will have already passed and there'll be something else you're probably screaming at me that you wish we could talk about right this second, but something is going to happen. Um, my guess is either a song or an album announcement. Either way, super psyched. So yeah, I'm excited to gush about that next time as well. Um, it's just exciting to have like current stuff to gush about, but yes. Anyway, those are my brief reactions to everything, and let's turn now to We Don't Believe What's On TV. Okay, I did not realize until I analyzed this song that there's no bridge, which shocked me. I was like, is this the first song that hasn't had a bridge? Since when does a song not have a bridge? I feel like the bridge is always, like, the focal point for a lot of songs and artists, so that was very surprising. 
So starting off with some background per usual, um, this was this is gonna be deja vu, but it was recorded in Hollywood and produced by <laughs> Ricky Reed, our alliterative man. And um, I didn't know this because I also never saw this. Some of you may be familiar. This song was featured on. The song was featured in the 2017 Power Rangers movie soundtrack. So that's cool. I grew up watching Power Rangers on Saturday mornings, but was mostly a PBS kid. So I hope some of you were able to geek out over that because um, really wasn't my forte. We also see that it was number 36 on the U.S. Hot Rock Songs chart, so that's pretty cool. Um, and it was released on May 17th, 2016. Um, I also just want to give a shout out that um, whenever I hear this song, I also think of, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her last name. Is it Grace Vanderwall? Is that her name? She covered this song. She was on America's Got Talent, and I will never forget that because I, I went through a stint from like, 2017 to 2019 where I loved America's Got Talent. I watched it all the time. I'm pretty sure her name is Grace Vanderwall. But yeah, her talent, yes, I was correct. Her talent, of course, was singing. And she always had this ukulele. And she didn't actually sing it on the show, but um, I saw a video of her after the fact performing somewhere else, I don't know, that she sang. We don't believe what's on TV. And, um, yeah, she has some good songs. I would check her out if you haven't. She's very talented. I guess she's 20 now, but yeah, when she did it, she would have been like closer to like 15. Time moves fast. It's it's weird. Time is weird to me these days. But yeah, so that's We Don't Believe. It's on TV. See you next time. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, Okay, so getting into the music, um, we start off with ukulele, of course, hence why Grace covered it, um, and the drums, um, and some yas. Classic. Um, we see a lot of o's and a lot of yas throughout the song, um, but I think altogether it's very much like a confident and victorious song, speaking of victorious symbolism with the band, which I feel like is a very different tone from the rest of the album. Um, it's just this this light little reprieve where, I don't know, it kind of feels like that moment when you've been struggling with your mental health a lot and then all of a sudden you just like have clarity for a little bit, even if it's not for long. And you can just bask in knowing truth from lies, if it, even if it's only for like an hour. And it's such a breath of fresh air. Perhaps um, that also has to do with the fact that this song is a little more external focused. I think it's it's easy to get out of your head more when you're struggling by focusing on other people as well. And, you know, clearly he's talking to someone in this song as he says, I don't care what's in your hair. Probably Jenna, that's my assumption. But um, regardless, he's not just like contemplating and wallowing in what he's thinking about, but he's thinking about someone else and, and how he views them and, and what he thinks of them. So I think that's also worth noting that, that sometimes the best way to get out of your head is to focus on someone else. That's not to say like invalidate your emotions and ignore yourself, but you gotta find a healthy balance and that's gonna look different for each person. 
feel like the biggest thing is like getting comfortable with differentiating between when you're like toning a healthy versus an unhealthy line with your view of yourself or your emotions or your thoughts. I also noted that the chorus is just the uke and trumpet added in, which Josh plays, and I think this kind of emphasizes the honesty in that portion. Yeah, I definitely think of this part and I, I think of Josh playing the trumpet at concerts for sure. And um, last note, musically, um, I always think of this as one of the fun songs at their live shows. Um, I've definitely heard it more than once, certainly on the Blurry Face Tour, um, also the Trench Tour. I can't remember if they played it at, on the Icy Tour or not, but um, yeah, it, it's a really fun moment where everyone's like waving their arms back and forth together and you know as you can imagine it's a very easy easy sing-along song um, and just fun lighthearted moment for everyone in the midst of some of the more like spiritual warfare fight heavy lyrics and a lot of the other songs so this is always like a little bright spot and fun moment at their concerts for sure so going into verse one we don't believe what's on tv because it's what we want to see and what we want we know we can't believe we have all learned to kill our dreams dang so we don't believe what's on tv what is on tv i i took quite a while to like think through because this can mean so many things like are we talking about literal tv are we like to me tv is like tv shows but maybe it just means like entertainment on a screen as a whole. Um, not that that makes too much of a difference, but um, some of the things I, I thought of, I think when I think of TV, especially how, how positively impactful the movie Barbie was for so many people, I think TV is very much like exacerbating perfectionism um, by constantly having perfection displayed. <laughs> usually not real you know i think of how how people look is usually exaggerated or edited or enhanced or something so that we we like desperately crave to look that way even if we don't realize it's not even real similarly i think there's a lot of romanticized relationships when i think of like or even just like plain unhealthy um, I watch a lot of dramas. I, I admittedly love a drama, but there's a lot of like unhealthy tropes of like men who get in fights all the time. Um, or at least speaking from like, I love early 2000s shows, so that's like the huge trope, right? Is, is men getting in fights all the time and it's supposed to be heroic, but you're kind of like, mm, it's kind of a red flag. <laughs> the brooding, mysterious guy. Or the super overprotective jealous guy who's also incredibly unhealthy. And even just like romanticizing what a relationship's supposed to look like, whether romantic or platonic, um, and just feeling like, oh, if it doesn't look like that, or it doesn't feel like that, or it does, you know, speaking of red flags, if it doesn't escalate really quickly, like they're not the one, or. In reality, that's probably not healthy. And speaking for myself, it's it's not healthy. Like, it, 
I wish someone put Sammy down and, and really explain why entertainment is inaccurate in the romantic field because it's crazy and and the thing is if you don't know any better you don't know any better like little me um, even me as a young adult before I had my first relationship you know I believed all the romanticized ideals that that really aren't even that romantic like what's romantic is is reality and like people who healthfully communicate and have healthy boundaries and respect your boundaries and that's just like not what is ever portrayed anyway i'm not trying to go in a soapbox but if you get me started i won't be able to stop so <laughs> again like i said i i also wrote down like emphasis on unattainable looks both for men and women and something else i i just threw on there is also there's like a lot of game shows a lot of prizes like people are constantly just like picked out of random like the price is right what a throwback and they just win like thousands of dollars and you just feel like wow if that was me like all of all of my problems would be gone but you don't realize like they're probably taxed so much that they like barely get any money in reality after that's all through you know um so again like there's there's very much a lot of facades overall through tv but if you're not shrewd enough you're not going to realize all of that to say we don't believe what's on it because it's what we want to see we want to see all that perfection and idealism um whether it's relationship dynamics or success or what we're supposed to look like or what we're supposed to do you know i have been ranting about this for a bit now and i think a lot of you will relate to this I feel like now we should also include social media as part of these lyrics because the thing that drives me nuts these days and that's making me not like social media, it's making it more and more negative for me, is there's such an attitude now among content that you're doing everything wrong. You're eating wrong, you're exercising wrong, you're spending your time wrong, you're prioritizing the wrong people, you're doing self-care wrong, you're even maybe like doing spiritual practices wrong. Um, everything is just wrong and you should probably just stop trying to do anything because you're doing it wrong. You're never going to get it right. And one of my friends was like, if it makes you feel any better, content creators basically have to get paid to like reinvent concepts because you don't need to do it a certain way like people can be just fine without what people are saying on social media um which is very true but yeah it's it's easy to believe that if i just did it like if i just cooked the meals those nutritionists did you know if i just did that workout regimen those fitness instructors did and also it's like we're comparing ourselves to either experts or people who have very different time capabilities for different things than we do and very different priorities than we do and um it's so easy to get fixated and feel like i could or should be doing something it really does 
the attitudes on social media really do exacerbate perfectionism so much so that I'm getting sick of it and I'm I feel like it's helping me get over perfectionism because everyone's trying to be perfect where was I <laughs> every everything just makes you feel crappy about yourself and yet so often we forget the realism we forget the nuance and we believe it's what we want to see we believe that it's attainable. We believe we can do everything. It's like all the funny, stupid comments people make under, like, dance videos or whatever. And they're like, my toxic trait is I could do this in one try. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of reminds me of the second lyric because that's what we want to see. We believe it's possible, even though it's stupid impossible. Like a stupid amount of impossibility. And what we want, we know we can't believe. We've all learned to kill our dreams. I think we also want to see like an idealistic life because it makes you feel like you could get what you want in any sense. And that's also not realistic. And the cool thing about doing life with God is God will actually show you like, not only do you not need what you want, but he has something better than what you want. And actually, almost always, when you don't get what you want, you get something a lot better. Sometimes he's gracious and he humors you. He does give you something that you want, but more often than not, he doesn't. <laughs> so usually to prove that what you want is not the best for you, which is very humbling. And I know I need that reminder because, um, you know, just thinking of like younger versions of myself, it's like if I had always gotten what I wanted from like the candy bar I begged my mom for in store to like dating someone that I didn't get to date, yeah, things wouldn't be so good. Retrospect is always like God's graciousness and kindness too, I think. Um, and also showing, like, remembrance of how his plan was better. At least I found that to be consistently true in my life. So, we know that we can't believe what we want, though, because we also do know that there's some layer of unattainability, but also because we've all learned to kill our dreams. And I think this is the more realistic reality that we can too easily like believe that there's no room for hope become cynical and skeptical and um, feel like there's there's no room to have unique ambitions which is more like the result of becoming jaded in adulthood because no things are not going to just be handed to you like personally the narrative i was fed in college it's not just do whatever you want and have it whatever you want um, it's not quite that simple, and I know that that's a big reason that I've, you know, felt tempted to kill my dreams, but just because it's, it's not what you thought it would be, just because it all is, like, trickier, um, to logistically manage doesn't mean that you can't still follow your dreams. You might just have to, like, balance it with other things or be in a season of of need and, and support more than maybe you expected to. Like, it will take some sort of sacrifice more often than not. Um, unless you are, like, a 
nepotism baby or something. <laughs> Which most of us are not. But yeah, there, it, it, this um, idea of killing our dreams is also like this idea of there's no room for imagination either. Which is also just set like, you know, you think of how like so many adults will like forget what it's like to be a kid and I think part of that is because people don't prioritize enough using imagination and because I feel like in a way imagination is a huge key to empathy. If you can imagine what it's like to be doing an activity or, or be in a relationship or be in a different person's shoes, you can much more easily empathize with them. So it's this tension, I feel like I see quite the tension in this song of like, there's a lot of unrealistic aspects that we easily believe, but then at the same time, we'll take the realistic aspects and throw them away because we've gotten cynical because of the unattainability of the unrealistic aspects. So it's kind of like we end up just like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say and not trying to hold on to any of it once we know that we can't hold on to everything or we can't do everything that we want to do. It's kind of like a child throwing a tantrum. Yeah, I feel like we all, we all are just large children throwing tantrums sometimes. <laughs> Where is this going? Good question. Um, it's going into the pre-chorus, so this is where he says, I need to know that when I fail, you'll still be here. Mm. <laughs> it just says MMM. Because um, if you stick around, I'll sing you pretty sounds, and we'll make money selling your hair. <laughs> I love this. I love how hair is just randomly a theme in this song. Um, I'm curious how that came to be. <laughs> Maybe he was just like staring at his hair and he was like, you know, I'm gonna put this in a song. Honestly, relatable. <laughs> when you're like desperate for an idea, you just like look at what's around you or like what you're fidgeting with or something. <laughs> but this is, this is where it gets really real. I need to know that when I fail, you'll still be here. And I love that this is so nuanced. It could be so many different people. Um, but the point is failure. I don't think we talk about this enough, but it's pretty inevitable. Um, and similarly, I think it's it's interesting that that comes after killing our dreams, because I think the other piece of killing your dreams is people will fail once or more than once or many, many, many times. And because of failure, will convince themselves that they can't do something or they shouldn't do something. And... Part of that is just not understanding or hearing narratives enough that emphasize that failure is inevitable. We had this program at my alma mater, I forget what it was called, but um, people would tell stories of failure, and instead of just like wrapping it up in a bow or making it sound good, they just end it with the failure. To just expose people to, to the idea and the expectation that you will fail sometimes. You don't need to sugarcoat it. You don't need to excuse it. Like, it's just part of being human. And I remember, like, you know, it was kind of sad that they, like, didn't end it on a happy note. But at the same time, it was very reassuring. And I think that's especially important to 
remind people who are college-aged because, again, it can be easy to be stuck in your peer bubble where you're just around people your age and just convinced you can do it. Again, it's like, I'm not trying to be cynical, but yeah, you can do most things within reason and the past probably not going to look like what you think it will, if that makes sense. And obviously within reason compared to like children's rationale, like you can't do anything. You can't just like fly. Like I thought I was going to like fly and go to Neverland. Like I can't do that. <laughs> you know, there's still like laws of, of gravity and you know, things you can't really get around. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to talk about in relation to failure, even though it's not, not quite failure, but something else I've been thinking about lately is that back to social media, life is not just a baby moment and the majority of life is just small things. And especially in our digital age, it can be so easy to believe that life has to be big moments or it's meaningless or it's wrong or you're, you know, somehow not living up to your potential. But the human reality is most moments are small and that's okay. That's, it's unavoidable and there's nothing abnormal about that. Again, I feel like, I feel like today I'm just saying a bunch of things that I wish I'd heard a long time ago. So hopefully this is helping someone else. Because so many things I would get hung up on and feel abnormal for and, and feeling abnormal would always just make me spiral. There's so many things that you fear are abnormal in your life that are totally normal. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about mental health struggles. It's so important to talk about professional struggles and failures. Um, to talk about rejections and everything because it's not abnormal at all. And the biggest disservice is when we don't share those things. I feel like I'm just going on a lot of random tangents today, but um, thanks for sticking with me. But tying back to the original point, the reason I brought up little moments is similar to when you fail, like in the lyrics. Um, it's good to know that, that people aren't just like expecting your life to be big moments, but that people are still going to stay around when it's mundane or dare I say boring because people who only want to stick around for the huge things are, you know, kind of fake. Just like people who only stick around for like you going through crap, <laughs> you know, you gotta have people who want to stick around for everything, especially the boring things, I would say. People who can find the magic and the mundane are just the absolute coolest people. So when you find people like that, you gotta keep them. You gotta keep them. You can't let go of that. Because if you can have magic in the mundane, you're set. You can have magic anytime. I just feel like I'm like a fridge magnet sticker today. Um, I could have just said fridge magnet. I don't know why I added sticker. You know, I'm trying my best. I feel very Seth Cohen today because I just watched some of the OC before 
<laughs> before recording this. Um, if you don't know who that is, I don't know what to say. <laughs> let's let's get back to the source material, shall we? Um, as everyone's probably like, where were we? So he goes on to say, if you stick around, I'll sing you pretty sounds and we'll make money selling your hair. Which I feel like kind of shows underlying insecurity that like, if you stick around, even if my art doesn't work out, like, I'll still make it worth it. Like, even if I don't have big achievements, I'll still sing you some songs and make it worth your while. Because maybe the underlying insecurity is if I don't achieve things, um, I'm not going to be worth sticking around with. That's how it kind of felt to me, which made me sad, but also, like, honestly, I've been there before where, like, I've believed that um, either achievement is what gives me worth or doing things for others is where I get social value from instead of just, like, being me, not having to do anything, which is far more biblical than having to do. In fact, having to do is like the antithesis of the gospel and grace. So, there you go. I've believed some of the biggest lies that are completely anti-Jesus. So if you have to, you're good company. And if you stick around, I'll sing you pretty songs. Or sounds, rather. Um, it also shows that like art can bring beauty. Um, and it doesn't have to just be through huge achievements or milestones. But even if it doesn't achieve the financial success that he's hoping for, um, which we obviously, like, we know how that turned out, um, but even if it didn't, they would still be able to get by and find money elsewhere, even if it meant selling hair. Um, basically, he's kind of arguing that if you stick around, we'll work it out. We'll work it out one way or another. Um, even if it's not what I'm hoping for or striving for, you stick around, we'll make it work and, and we'll make something pretty out of it too. I feel like he's, he's trying to like beg his case. I feel like he's just like marketing himself and why he's worth, why he's worth it. <laughs> Because he's not like what's on TV. Maybe that's part of the insecurity too. So then we go into the famous and fun chorus. I don't care what's in your hair. I just want to know what's on your mind. I used to say I want to die before I'm old, but because of you, I might think twice. I love this because I... I feel like this is the, the anthem for introspective people who love introspective people their concern is not with the external at all like the opposite of vain um the the physical hardly holds any value um which he clearly believes as he says i i don't care what's in your hair um i just want to know what's on your mind and it really is so godly a concept and we know that because of 1 Samuel 16 7 which says 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks in the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And I love how this chorus not only emulates that, but emphasizes how, how beautiful the inside of a person is um, and how it far outshines the external. Uh, something I do like from social media is this trend that went around for a while of people saying something akin to your body is, is the least interesting part about you. And I love that a, a ton of accounts were advocating for that for a while because it's true certainly the external can be beautiful and we can acknowledge that in the way that God has designed it but it is far from the full beauty of a person and, and how much they can offer and how much you can offer and as he says I used to say I want to die before I'm old but because of you I might think twice this is really beautiful because again he's been looking outwards or he's been given more inspiration toward depth and looking beyond himself as he's portrayed through this song and because of that he's been able to change his focus and perception of life beyond his depression he's been able to see you know i don't need to die before i'm old because you know there's there's hope of being with this person um but really it's it's not just that but it can be projected to anything. I used to want to die before I'm old, but I don't need to anymore because there's there's always going to be things to look forward to. And as painful as depression can be, there is still life beyond it. And it's not forever. And it is temporary, just like anything else is. Um, and that could make us cynical, like, oh, the positive is temporary too. But, but again, it's kind of this perpetual cycle of like yeah but the negatives are temporary too and it just goes on and on nothing is forever and I think that's very reassuring and something that we can never hear enough so we go into the second verse with the very appropriate interlude transition all right second verse and then he says what if my dream does not happen when I just change what I've told my friends don't want to know who I would be when I wake up from a dreamer's sleep. And this is like the artist's deep cut right here. Can I get an amen? Raising my hand currently. But there's very much this constant fear, especially as if you like watch TV, which even like watching TV can be a symbol that someone has had their dream come true whether they're an actor, whether they're a director, whether they're a contestant. Um, you're watching people's various dreams coming true, and you're like, I'm just exhausted from being at the office all day or, or school all day or whatever it might be. Like, no, I didn't create a TV show, but here I am. Even that can make you feel bad about yourself. Um, and so it's easy to fall in this trap of, fear of failure or even just maybe I don't have the consistency it takes to make a dream happen or my hope is just gone because I've 
gone through a worldwide pandemic or what have you. Like what happens when we don't always have the motivation? Or what happens when we have this dream we've grown up with and then come to realize, oh, maybe it's not your dream. Maybe it was someone else's dream they were putting pressure on you to have. Um, and then how do we distinguish like what actually are my dreams versus what were other people's dreams for me? And um, how can I validate them while becoming myself? Um, these are all very great coming-of-age questions, especially in college age. Um, I feel like a lot of this song is just very great reminders for college-aged people, especially because so much of your journey really is about becoming an individual and sorting out who you are independent of the people who raised you and the people you've grown up with. Would I just change what I've told my friends, this idea that if our our goals, if they don't come to fruition, um, if we don't finish what we say we're going to, if we don't do what we're known for pursuing, what are others going to think? I think there's definitely a fear of shame, um, that others will either shame us or we'll just feel perpetual shame because we told them we'd do something and we didn't. Perhaps maybe we just lie about our goal or like gaslight them. I never wanted to do that. I don't know. Like, I don't know what exactly it means to change what you've told your friends, but it's definitely this question of like, what are they going to think? And then how is that going to make me feel? And does that make me blank? Like, does that make me a bad person for not following through? Does that just make me like hypocritical or... Does it make me lazy? Like, there's so many questions. But then it talks about don't want to know who I would be when I wake up from a dreamless sleep. And the ambiguity of, like, dreaming can be good, but sometimes it could be negative. Perhaps waking up from a dreamless sleep means you lost sight of your goal along the way. Um especially when it's like we try to take matters into our own hands instead of letting God direct our steps um, or we, we think we're pursuing something for righteous reasons or holy reasons but really it's just for selfish reasons and maybe also that could be a reason why God has not given a dream to you because maybe you're not going in with the correct intentions similarly you could be focused on the wrong motivation to do something or maybe your reasoning isn't as godly as what God has in store for you, or um, maybe he wants to grow you through something different than the goal that you think you're supposed to be pursuing. I know for me, like, I have so many creative ambitions, so many creative projects that bring me life, um, so much art that brings me joy that um, it can be really overwhelming to know what I'm even supposed to focus on at any given time, and I always find that no matter what, no matter how much uncertainty, God tends to use whatever is going on um, to continue to mold me and grow me no matter what. So hopefully this is, this can also be a good reminder that no matter what you spend your time doing, no matter how many dreams you do or don't accomplish, God's still using your life um, and he's still using your journey to impact others. The beauty in our testimony, which is really 
not just when we accept Christ into our lives, but every day until we die, um, is we each have such a unique testimony that can resonate with different groups of people. And um, just know that even in failures, even in dreams that change or dreams that die, um, or dreams that even just fail, that can very much be a solace for someone else. Um, even if you don't know them yet. And so, even in failure or anything else that just feels like the worst thing in the world to be or to look like towards other people, um, just trust that God can still knit it together for something. Um, Maybe it's for you in the future. Maybe it's for um, future you to look back at and um, find value um, maybe it's for someone else. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, like, contemplation of things that aren't realistic, I think, in this song. But I think also there's a lot of pieces that are rooted in truth. And even in the questions and even in the repetition, it is true. Like, if, if you have the right people on your side who are helping you feel valued despite your relationship with your dreams and your goals nothing could be more important it's people along the way and it's trusting that every day god can make something even if it's not these big dreams in your brain or even just like not having dreams um we're so dream oriented especially in western society i think it can be easy to feel like oh if i don't have a dream or if i change dreams or let go of dreams does that make me a failure but that's not necessarily a bad thing I think if nothing else we've we've always been given a mission by God to make disciples of every nation and so if nothing else we we do have a huge goal for our life and really a dream that God has given us for our life and um, that far outweighs like temporary and earthly dreams that anyone can concoct so just also know that even if you don't have a dream, you've been given a dream by God to pursue. So don't believe it's on TV and don't believe the hype, which I think is a very similar sentiment once we get to Trench. Um, but yeah, so I hope that this song helped you reflect more realistically on your dreams and on your goals and on your relationships and... I think now I will bid you a sleepy adieu and um, I will talk to you soon and get excited for whatever is happening that this Anna doesn't know, but that the Anna and you, when this is out, knows. So have fun. Have fun for me because I don't know what it is. So I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can send an email or message me on Instagram at entrench underscore pod. You can find Entrench on... You guessed it, Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Tune in next time for Message Man.
Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone.